Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Friday, the 10th of March in London, coming up today. Don't bank on it. SVP's cash crunch sends financial stocks across the globe into a tailspin. Shares in Deutsche Bank are down more than 7%, Santander down 5% and Barclays slumps 3.5%. Entente Cordiale, Sunak heads to Paris to meet with Macron as relations ease. Plus, looking longingly across the pond, US starting pay beats the UK and British grads aren't happy. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning from London. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Tom McKenzie. You're listening to Daybreak Europe. So, we thought that the US jobs data would dominate today. Not so. Throw that out. It's been overtaken by major fears over US bank portfolios and SVB. And it's a big story tied to what was previously a largely unknown bank, Silicon Valley Bank. And top executives at Silicon Valley Bank are urging calm as prominent venture capitalists advise businesses to withdraw their money. Peter Thiel's Founders Fund and others say companies should now limit their exposure to the startup lender. Quill Intelligence CEO and Chief Strategist Danielle DiMartino Booth says markets are worried. The market has now begun asking two questions. Will there be a white knight? And what bank is next? So we've seen the largest move in spreads since last October. We're seeing small and mid-sized banks coming under attack. And people are beginning to ask how many banks are out there with similar levels of losses that they're sitting on that they cannot move. The turmoil DiMartino Booth spoke of there followed a surprise announcement from Silicon Valley Bank that it was holding a $2.25 billion share sale after a significant loss on its portfolio. The lender's scramble to prevent a bank run comes as Silvergate Capital announced plans to wind down operations after last year's crypto industry meltdown. Well, of course, the market sentiment on the back of that has really soured. The S&P 500 Financials Index saw its worst day since the COVID pandemic meltdown yesterday. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase all slid at least 5%. That sentiment has been echoed across Europe with bank stocks taking a massive hit this morning. Nat Alliance Securities Head of International Fixed Income, Andrew Brenner, thinks this move may change the central bank's thinking. Now, the question is, will this Silicon Valley thing have legs? And my, my, my answer is, yeah, to a point. But I don't think it's, mm. it's 
cause for contagion, but people are going to be okay. scared about it. And I think it's going to send a message over the Fed's bow. So market watchers like Brenner have an eye on today's jobs data out of the US, but also another on potential defaults. This after many equity investors had piled into financial stocks to ride out the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes. Now, the UK economy grew 0.3% in January after a sharp fall in December when strikes halted activity. The latest data from the Office of National Statistics is raising hopes that the economy may avoid a protracted recession or dodge a downturn altogether. That puts further pressure, though, on the Bank of England to keep raising interest rates in its fight to bring down double-digit inflation. Another UK story. The government suspects that Russians have exploited Britain's company register to launder money from the war in Ukraine. Sources have told Bloomberg that authorities have identified hundreds of sham companies listed under Russian names. They say these firms are trying to exploit the war for financial gain. The government is in the process of strengthening laws to reform companies' house and clamp down on financial crime. Now, French President Emmanuel Macron and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will aim to turn the page on years of acrimonious relations later today. With more from Paris, here's our UK correspondent, Lizzie Burton. Here in the city of romance, France and Britain will today try to rekindle theirs as UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak heads to Paris for the first such state visit in five years after seven years of post-Brexit acrimony. On the agenda will be defence, migration, nuclear power and green subsidies, but above all, as Russia looks on, the two sides are determined to present a united front on the war in Ukraine. In Paris, I'm Lizzie Burden, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Now, a New York judge has ordered J.P. Morgan to turn over more records from CEO Jamie Dimon to the U.S. Virgin Islands. The order is related to a lawsuit accusing the bank of facilitating Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking. J.P. Morgan has denied the Virgin Islands' claim that Dimon had a role in retaining Epstein as a client. The latest news comes after the U.S. lender sued former executive Jess Staley, whose relationship with Epstein is the focus of the lawsuit. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. 
That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Okay, let's get more now then on the banking story that is ripping through these global markets. Fears over the financial health of Silicon Valley Bank have sent bank stocks globally tumbling and depositors considering their holdings at the lender favoured by startups. Joining us now is Christina Kino, who leads our Markets Today live blog on the Bloomberg website, and Michael Moore, Managing Editor for EMEA Finance at Bloomberg. Michael, can we start with you and just outline for our listeners what exactly happened at Silicon Valley Bank? Sure. So, I think there are a few issues that have cropped up. Uh, You know, everyone thinks higher rates good for banks, and that is generally true, but not true in every situation. It's how the bank's position, how much is in loans, how short-term or long-term those loans are, what uh, types of securities it owns. Uh, So, uh, SVB had a lot of bonds that it owned um, and has taken some losses on those. And then lately they've faced a bit of a crisis of confidence. Uh, their depositor base is very very heavily skewed toward startups, uh, particularly tech startups. And you had some uh, significant VCs and backers of those startups tell their portfolio companies, we're not comfortable with this. Uh, you need to pull some money out, and that uh, triggered a your typical mm. bank run um, with a number of depositors pulling out at the same time. Um, you know, SVB yeah. is trying to reassure clients, trying to raise outside funds to put a, a backstop on this, uh, but that's the situation. Yeah. Also, just in, in terms of size and scope, yep. um, $212 billion, roughly, or just over $200 billion in assets at SVB, roughly a tenth, less than a tenth of the size of one of the big Wall Street banks like JP Morgan. So, in size, it's it's not enormous, and yet it's having a big impact on bank stocks around the world. Christine, let me bring you in here. How badly are other banking stocks being Hit. Can we call this contagion? Well, Caroline, it's very badly reacting this morning, um, certainly. But I think what we're seeing at the moment is kind of a knee-jerk self-first and ask questions later sort of reaction. I mean, that that's usually the first step that investors take anytime that they see quite alarming headlines as we've seen overnight. Now, the question of contagion is probably um, too early to tell at this stage. It really has to boil down to how much exposure does the broader banking sector have um, to SVB and what are the ripple effects of that? And that's something that will probably become clear over the next few days and weeks. And we start kind of hearing about um, what sort of connections the broader banking sector has to this specific instance. Michael, let's bring you back in at this point then. Mm -hmm. Is is it a question of the exposure of other banks, whether in the US or here in Europe, to SVP? You would imagine that certainly here in Europe that would be relatively limited. Or is it investors waking up to the potential risks around unrealised losses on these securities in an environment where rapid rate moves have obviously 
shaken the, the sentiment, at least around around some of those assets. Yeah, I think it's definitely more the latter. Um, and this question of, you know, for banks, are there, you know, are there particular banks whose business or whose depositor base is too concentrated in one client group in one area? Um, as you say, I think, you know, SVB has, has grown rapidly, but it's not a humongous bank. Uh, so the it's not big in the capital market. So the, the contagion effects there would not be, you know, something like we saw uh, in the last crisis, uh, I think it's more about yeah waking up to uh, rate rises. Um, you know, typically aren't this fast, and and typically aren't this extreme, and that can cause uh, some because that's that's the unspoken fear is right. are we are we kind of back to a two thousand eight two thousand nine? We have to be really careful about yes. not putting ourselves there right. because it's a very different set of circumstances. So just yep. maybe maybe push forward on that point a little bit. What, why, what are the differences between now and 2008, 2009, particularly around, I guess, the regulatory oversight? Right. And the market moves you're seeing are, you know, relatively limited. Yeah. And they're, they come after banks have had extraordinary gains over the last six months. You know, banks have been net beneficiaries from the higher rate environment, especially here in Europe. Um, so, yeah, this is this is giving back some gains. This is not, uh, you know, falling out of bed. So, I think uh, it is kind of just kind of investors adjusting mm. to that. Uh, and, you know, you see uh, a lot of banks, a lot of big U.S. banks have had these losses on their security portfolios but over the last 12 months. But the profits have been so good mm. that it's been a question more of will they have to limit their buybacks rather than any type of issue? You know, okay. it's been more capping the upside rather than a downside. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Okay. Um, so in terms, Christine, then, of the other leg of this story, as it were, whether it actually shifts bets on what the Federal Reserve does next, I think that's kind of quite interesting, whether it actually changes the picture for Jerome Powell, makes people think twice about 50 basis points. Definitely, Caroline, that question is being asked in markets today. And even, you know, the initial reaction that we're seeing in Europe, we have seen those rate hike bets for the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, for instance, um, come back down from the peaks that we priced earlier this week. I mean, earlier we were looking at about 4% for the ECB and then uh, 5% for the Bank of England, but we're well off those peaks now. And yeah, I think investors are really asking the question, is this... Uh, the first or one of the, the many signs already that we've seen of things in the real economy breaking as a result of what we've seen from interest rate hikes. And is that going to be enough to give policymakers at least a little bit of pause? You'd have to imagine they'd be talking about this at least a little bit as they head into some big central bank meetings next week. Yeah, you'd imagine this is this is a real test, really, isn't it, of their of their commitment? They keep reiterating their determination to get inflation back down to their targets, two percent for the Fed. Of course, this is a test, as you say, when we start to see these fissures, these ruptures across the financial sector. Whether they're going to hold the line on these planned interest rate increases. What else are you looking at then, Christine, in terms of the market reaction and the feed through to, to, to central banks? Well, John, we're certainly looking at uh, the bond market on mass, both on the government bond space, but particularly also in uh, the corporate credit space. I mean, that's another 
sort of canary in the coal mine, if you will, in terms of showing any signs of systemic risk, if any, from, from an event like this. Because, it, you know, something like SVB, which, of course, is very much tied to providing funding for, for smaller startup companies, um, mm. it, that has very real feed-through to just the state of the corporate sector itself, right? And so credit spreads, something to be keeping an eye out for, for sure, and any other um, signs of, of companies struggling to get funding in general. Michael, the last word to you, please, about where this story goes next, what we should be thinking about. Bill Ackman mentioning government bailout for or help of some kind for SVB. What do you think happens now? Yeah, I think, you know, what we're on the lookout for is uh, they had attempted a share sale um, to bring in more equity, whether that goes through or there is some sort of investor that steps in here. I think that uh, is kind of the next uh, question to be answered for SVB in particular. Okay. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Michael Moore is Managing Editor for EMEA Finance at Bloomberg. And Christina Kino leads our Markets Today live blog, which is on the Bloomberg website. Well worth a look for this kind of moving story. Thank you so much to both of you uh, for joining us. Um, so, look, that's the kind of big market story, but uh, this caught my eye. Are you a TikTok fan, Tom? <clears throat> no. No? Okay, so you won't have seen this. I can tell you all about it. So, graduates getting very hot under the collar about the fact that these young people in the UK just discovering that yeah. even if they're getting a very good salary offer, they're a lawyer or, I don't know, going into tech or something, their their pay is still nothing compared to what their rivals, other graduates in the US. But wait, this, is a, this is a dog bites man story, not a man <laughs> it, bites dog it, story. Of course, they're getting paid more in the United States. Wages yes. are much higher in the United States. You can start at the bottom of the rung in the LAPD on 70,000 US dollars. I know, but listen, you're a bunch of years through into your career. This is not news to you. It does seem to be news to young people on TikTok. And I just think that it's, it's a far wealthier nation. Yes, it is. And we're a far poorer nation. But that and hasn't therefore stopped you're going to get outrage. paid less. Yeah, that has not stopped the outrage and the annoyance that TikTok users uh, have found. Um, I love that we still, some people still compare ourselves to the US in terms of our economic vibrance. We're not. We're not there. We're nowhere near the strength of the US. Sorry, but we're just not. And therefore, the comp's not going to be the same. And it's depressing, but it's a reality. Well, having said that, the law firms are having to up their pay in the UK because they have to compete with the Americans who have offices in London. Anyway, it's a really nice TikTok story, and we've written it up, including the little clip, you know, that shows you just, well, the, the, the TikTok video is really clear. Anyway. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.